Thanks for joining us for another podcast from the youth team at Ballygown Presbyterian Church. Today's podcast is taken from our 2021 Youth Weekend, Never Gonna Stop. In today's podcast, Andrew asks, Are you ready? So guys, last night uh, we were chatting about battles. Uh, we were talking about the battles that we face and um, the joy that we need to look for uh, in and through every battle that we face. And we reflected upon that and we looked at that in the context of our own lives and in the context of li- the lives of people from the Bible. And this weekend, as we now head towards our final few hours together, we just pray and we hope uh, that God has spoken to you. And I pray that you will not leave this place the same way as you arrived on Friday, but that you will actually leave joyful and having a deeper and more knowledge of your relationship with Jesus. And if you're still one of those people that knows that this has all been directed at you and you're still sitting there and you haven't actually asked somebody to talk or you haven't had somebody pray with you or you haven't done whatever it is that you need, it's not too late. Um, So do just enter this time together uh, with an open heart and um, yeah, being open to what God uh, wants to do. This morning we're going to look at a really well-known Bible story. Uh, We're going to look at that and it's probably one of the most well-known battles that we have heard about from the Bible and it's in the Old Testament, it's in 1 Samuel and it's chapter 17 and it's the story of David and Goliath and it is one that I am sure you've all known and heard and been told about since you were children and today we're going to look at that. So we're going to start off picking up in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to read uh, just the first few verses. Uh, verse 1 to 11 says now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Socho yeah that place uh, which belongs to Judah they encamped between that place and Azekiah in Damon and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and they drew up in battle against the Philistines The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with the valley in between them. And the champion went out from the camp of the Philistines and he was named Goliath. He was from Gath and his height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armour on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spear headed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for the battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servant of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and I kill him, then you shall be our servants and you will serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and they were greatly afraid. And the Bible tells us that Goliath continued to do this for 40 more days. Every day for 40 days he came out and he issued that same challenge. Meanwhile, out in the fields, quite a bit away from the battle, there was a small, thin, young boy, shepherd boy, 
called David, who was out tending and feeding his sheep. In the middle of all this chaos and drama, David comes back a few times to see his brothers and see what's going on. But on the 40th day after Goliath has come out and issued his challenge, David comes back and he goes and he meets his brother on the front line. He hears the things that Goliath has been saying, the challenges that Goliath has been making to God's people. And he turns and he says, let me go. So here we have a full army that hasn't been brave enough to go and face that battle. But we have a young shepherd boy, small in stature, who just looks and goes, no, let me go. 1 Samuel 17, 32 tells us this. It says, Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth, and he is a man of war, and has been from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went after them and I struck them. And I delivered the lamb from their mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armour. He put on a bronze helmet to his head. He clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened the sword to his armour, and he tried to walk because he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand. He drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came out and began drawing near to David and the man who bore the shield went before him. When the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, who you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, because the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone. He slung it and he struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell his face to the earth. David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. He struck the Philistine and he killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him. He cut off his head with it and when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. 
Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road. David didn't go into the battle in his own power. He didn't go in in a really strong armour. He didn't go in with weapons. He went with God. He simply went with that knowledge that God was with him. Five stones in his pocket and a slingshot in hand. The Bible tells us that Goliath continually mocked David. He continually mocked him for his age, for his size, for his stature, for who he was. And he continually mocked God's people. But David knew that no matter what was going on, he was doing it with God's power. It didn't matter what he looked like. It didn't matter what he had with him. But what mattered was that he was doing it with God's power. And with one stone, he killed Goliath. David went in prepared for his battle. While he might have been small and short in stature, God had been preparing David in the background. With one stone, David killed Goliath. David went in, he was prepared for his battle. And while he knew that he was short in stature, God had been preparing him in the background. God knew what Goliath, or sorry, God knew what he had in store for David. He had been preparing him. All those days that he spent tending the sheep and looking after them, fighting with lions and with wolves, prepared him for his battle with Goliath. He knew that his battle was going to be won. He knew that he was going in with God's strength and that God had delivered him from the hands of those animals. And God had always protected him. And he knew that with Goliath it was going to be no different. David went in prepared with that mindset. He knew that his God was with him. David also went in with five stones in his hand. He didn't go in with five stones because he was worried that he was going to miss, that he was going to be such a bad shot. He didn't go in with five stones because he didn't trust enough that God was going to do it in one. No, he went in with five stones because he had the knowledge that it would take one to beat Goliath, but he also had the knowledge that Goliath had four big brothers who were most likely going to come out afterwards to defend their brother. So David took the stone for Goliath and he took four stones because he was going to go after the brothers if he needed to. He went in with that authority and that knowledge. He went in with God's power. He saved the people from the Philistines and he won the battle. But what about later on in David's life? Because here we have somebody who has done a great thing. We have somebody who has done great things for God and in God's name he has won a battle and defeated Goliath. Sadly, David's life doesn't continue like that. First and second Samuel is full of the stories of the great things that David did. But in 2 Samuel verse 11, chapter, sorry, chapter 11, verse 2, we hear about a different battle that David faced. It says, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and, and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed. 
and he returned, she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, and she, she sent and told David and said, I am with child. A new battle was put in front of David that day. A battle that needed him to be in control of his thoughts and his desires. And it's one that doesn't go very well. He sees something, he takes it, he wants it. And he gives in. And in fact, it then gets worse for him. Because the woman gets pregnant. So his sin is going to be found out. He has slept with someone else's wife. But rather than confessing what he has done, David sends for Bathsheba's husband to come back from the army and sends him home. And he does this twice. And both times he refuses to go. The third time he calls back Bathsheba's wife, husband from the front line. And he knows that he needs to cover up what happened. And this is what it says in, in verse 14. In the morning it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and then retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. So it was while Joab besieged the city that he, he assigned Uriah to a place where the fighting was the most intense. The, man in the, city, the men in the city came out and fought with Joab and some of the people of the servants of David fell and Uriah died also. Here we hear about David, that same David who was king over Israel, that same David who had defeated Goliath, who fell into sin and to cover it up, he sent someone to be killed so that nobody would find out what he had done. To make it worse, he actually sent Uriah with his own death note, and he delivered that note himself. Uriah died, and David did the noble thing and took in his friend's wife. Nobody knew what he had actually done. That same David who had defeated Goliath in God's strength had messed up. He got it wrong. And you could be forgiven for thinking that that's where God finished the story. But it doesn't. It continues on. In chapter 18 of 2 Samuel, we hear about how God sends Nathan to tell David of his sin. To remind him of the promise God placed on his life. <clears throat> to remind him of the things that God had done for him. But also to remind him of how untrue he had been to God and his commands. In chapter 18, verse 11, it says, This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and I will give them to one who is close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replied and said, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because of what you have done, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord. So the son who is born to you will die. It went on and David had a, a firstborn son. And he fasted and prayed that God would save him. But his firstborn son was then taken as a consequence for the sin that David had committed. And after that, God then continued to support David and help David to be successful and live a life of honour to God. 
And if you heard those stories, you would think it was some big blockbuster that was coming out of the cinema. But actually, that is just the life of one man who followed God. One man who got it so right at the start, who stuffed it up, but actually who God redeemed. And I think there's so much there that we can all learn from that. That even when we get it wrong, when we make mistakes, God can still use it. It will not be as catastrophic as taking your firstborn because as we move into the, the New Testament, we have Jesus and Jesus stands in that place. We don't do those sacrifices anymore because Jesus has come and he has taken that place. But whatever it is, know that God stands in that gap, that Jesus stands in that gap for us now. Know that even if you get it wrong, God will still use you. And David went on and did so much more. It was great. There's so much more about him in the Bible. And I believe there's loads that God wants to teach us through the various battles in David's life. God wants us to be prepared. How do we do that? We read our Bibles. We worship our way through our trials. We keep God as our focus in the small things as well as the big things. We take the joy in those small preparations behind the scenes that we don't know about. Just like David out in the fields, he didn't realise what God was preparing him for. But he was obedient and he went along with it. God wants us to be accountable. He wants us to be open and honest with each other. He wants us to be open and honest with each other about how we feel, the things we get wrong, how we fail, how we get things right. He wants us to be accountable with each other. He doesn't want us to hide things and keep them secret inside. Had David been honest at the start of what happened with Bathsheba, that story would have been so different and Uriah would not have had to die. So let's be accountable to each other. Let's find a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And finally, God wants us to be who he created us to be. He wants us to live the life that he intended for us. A life of power, of knowledge, of salvation and of victory. Not one that we get thrown off track by looking to the left and the right, by being distracted by things that happen. God has put everything we need inside of us already. We just need to bring it out. If God can use David after all the ups and downs of his life and still love him and still call him a child of God, then he can definitely do that for us. This morning, God wants us to be prepared. He wants us to be accountable. And he wants us, most importantly, to be who he created us to be. Let's pray. God, we thank you uh, for this morning. God, we thank you for the words that you have spoken to us. God, we just pray that for those of us here who maybe feel a bit like David, who feel that we do so well and we run after you so well and, and we do the Christian life to the best of our ability but we still have those moments where we get it so wrong. God, we just pray that you help us to be open and accountable with our close friends and our leaders to help us stay focused on you. God, we pray for Nathans in each and every one of our lives who will come and tell us how it is, who will be absolutely blunt with us. God, we thank you for everything that you have done this weekend. We thank you for the strength that you have given us. God, we thank you for those difficult times because they produce character within us. Lord, as we go through the rest of this day, be with us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Let's worship. We hope and pray that you've been encouraged by this teaching. For more information on our youth ministry, you can visit us, valleygownpresbyterian.com or check us out on social media at Valley Gown Youth.